Welcome back to the Beach Bums Podcast. In this podcast, we will revisit the records on the season so far, our best and worst picks from last week, along with breaking down the Saturday slate of the games with in-depth analysis. And of course, we had three Saturday games. We also have a lot of Sunday games for this week 16. We're going to break those down, and I'm going to give my top five Pro Bowl snubs. All of that on this episode of the Beach Bums Podcast. Welcome to episode six, everyone, from sunny San Diego, California. Feels nice. We are finally back home on the home turf of the Beach Bums. As always, I'm Leo Silverman. I'm Cameron Ezer. Now, Cam, how are you enjoying being back west so far? It's great. I mean, we have a lot of friends on the East Coast now, and yes. they're t- they're telling me about their weather situation, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to just wear shorts. I mean, I'm wearing pants now, but I mean, just the ability to walk outside and wear shorts on a daily basis is amazing. Seeing the family is nice. What about mm-hmm. you? I mean, same yeah, same stuff. I I I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now, but I haven't been wearing anything but t-shirts and shorts the entire week. It feels week. amazing. It's very nice to see the dogs. I'm glad that my my pets haven't for, didn't forget me. Right? Have you been like. a, Have you been to the beach a lot? I is... actually have not been to the beach. Same. Yet. I know. I know we're nicknamed the beach bums, but I think that's just the stereotypical side of yes, it. You know, yeah. This just shows you two guys that are we're pretty close to the beach on yeah, yeah on most occasions. Uh, you know. We're we're called the Beach Bums because we're from San Diego. Doesn't mean we just spend every single day at the beach. Exactly. Well, let's head into the football, Leo. Mm-hmm. You you get it kicked off. Okay. Well, this is going to give me a lot of pride and joy to oh. do. But um, as we knew last week, Cam held a four game advantage over me in the record check. Just to remind our listeners, if you haven't been listening to the podcast so far, make sure to go back and listen. Though, the loser of this record, these this record since we've been picking, has to give a thirty second uplifting speech about. Their most hated squad in the NFL. Yeah. NFL. So for me, it'd be the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And for Cam, it'd be the Raiders. Uh, last week, he was up four games on me. Now, I sit at 50-22 and 22 after last week. And Cam sits at 49-23. and 23. Wow. Now, I know we usually have our worst and best predictions. But let's just let's throw that out the window for now. I know yeah. we're in a new location. Let's change things up mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just we're going to talk about your great week. But let's first talk about my bad week. Browns lost to the Cardinals. That was bad on my part. I mean, the mm. Browns look helpless right now. Yes. Steelers lost to the Bills. Not really surprised because I haven't really trusted the Bills that much. Maybe that will change in this week's picks. I don't know. You'll hear about that a little later. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Titans lost to the Texans. That was a close one. I don't blame myself on picking the Titans. But yeah. the Texans, probably the better team. I just kind of wanted to throw a little... Uh, throw a little change up there. Bears mm-hmm. lost to the Packers. Probably a bad pick on my part, but I mean, <laughs> you got to throw out some hot takes. I mean, you did that earlier on in the season. Yep. And then my Chargers uh, looked terrible against the Minnesota Vikings at home or on the road, whatever you want to call it. We just, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. That was my bad week. And Leo, you can just talk about your good, um, good week 15. So week 15, I have to hold the record for best week so far. 100%. 100%. I ended up going 13-3 and three on, the, on the week's picks. And some of, my, some of my losses, you could honestly, like, anyone would have had that pick. Like, for instance, the Niners lost at home to the Falcons. And that was a last-second touchdown. That was a last-second touchdown. So no one, I don't think anyone else had... The Falcons win that game, so that's one. Of the, hey, wait, wait, but before we move on, I want to just tell everyone that the five games that I just highlighted were the five that 
were different from what Leo picked. So yes. I picked the Browns, he picked the Cardinals. Of course, I picked the Niners as well. Mm-hmm. So my week was terrible as a whole, but those were the five discrepancies between the two. But you, yeah. you continue. Yeah, but yeah, anyways, look at some of those discrepancies. If you've been listening to the podcast, which you should be, I've been picking the Cardinals to get an upset. I, yeah. remember I picked them against the Steelers and the Rams at home because I thought those teams would come sputtering in. And I know the Cardinals always do this. They have one game where they win when no one thinks they're going to win. That was last week. They finally paid out for me being those Browns. 13-3. and three. Yeah. Jeez. It's, it's, and, of course, I you know, don't like – I am not a Chargers fan, so I did not have the bias to want to pick them to win the hope – so I your Eagles barely won, so it's like that's yeah, true. But my, but they my won. Eagles they won exactly, and they won. So that's the reality. That's, barely yeah. is still a win. So mm-hmm. those were our. You could say best and worst, but it was pretty much just me saying that I had a terrible week. Leo leads it by one game now. Two weeks to go. This is going to be really interesting coming down the stretch. Yep. And the record check is not the most interesting part. It's obviously the like just if you look at the playoffs. And you look at the amount of teams that are so like cluttered together. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably has to be the most interesting part because every seed is up for grabs at this point. We have yeah. two weeks to go. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is week sixteen, uh, but every seed at this point is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Even the wild card spots aren't guaranteed. I'm going to no. read out the top six in the AFC, top six in the NFC before we head to our Saturday slate. So let's start with the AFC. Mm-hmm. Ravens have the one seed. Patriots at two. Chiefs three, Texans at four, Bills at five, Steelers at six. I mean, the Titans are more than in the hunt because they're tied with the Steelers, but the Steelers hold that 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 conference yeah, we'll, record. We'll break that down. We'll break that down later. a little later. In the NFC, Seahawks are one, Packers are two, Saints are three, Cowboys at four. Again, they're playing the Eagles this week. Both teams at seven and seven, so that's a toss up at the four seed. Mm-hmm. Niners are five, Vikings are six. And can you believe that four teams in the NFC in the playoffs right now are 11 and 3? It's nuts. Are you kidding me? Crazy. That is insane to me. 11 and 3. Like, you don't come across a lot of teams that are 11 and 3, and then you're telling me that four out of the six teams that are going to make the playoffs are going to have over 11 wins at least. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. The playoffs, when they come, are going to be so interesting. Now, something that's new. Or it's not new, but new for this season is Saturday games. Of course, the NFL holds them week 16 and 17. And we're recording this on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we gave you uh, some some pre-recordings of us us giving our takes. So you're going to be hearing individual takes from me, individual takes from Leo. That's Mm -hmm. why... When I'm giving my little spiel, you won't hear Leo talking as or we vice versa. exactly as we usually hear it. So we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna jump back right into my segment mm-hmm. about the three Saturday uh, the three Saturday games and then yours on the three mm-hmm. Saturday games. Exactly. I just want to remind everyone of of what the Saturday the Saturday games actually yeah. are. Yeah, I that's mean, a good idea. I, I feel like that's necessary. So the morning game was. Why is it? It's escaping my memory at this point. It's uh, it was Houston Texans at Tampa. Houston. Texas. I mean, if anyone watched that game, if you're watching this after the Saturday, you'll realize why that was kind of a, a forgetful game. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever happened, just you'll realize why why that's a forgetful game. Mm-hmm. And then the second game was the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Now a divisional matchup in the AFC East. 
AFC is still up for grabs in a Crazy way. Enough. And then the final game, I don't think I'm going to forget this one. It's because it's on the West Coast mm-hmm, yeah. is uh, the Rams visiting the Niners. So those were the three games. We're going to take a little break and then head into our segments on those three games. So remember, this is episode six of the Beach Bums podcast. If you haven't checked out our previous five episodes, go check them out and enjoy our our pre-recorded segments of what we th- what we predicted mm-hmm. would happen in the Saturday games. For the first time in 15 weeks, the NFL will have three games on tap for Saturday. No game Thursday, no game Monday. It's college bowl season. The NFL can fit all the games in on the weekend. And they gave us some Christmas presents before Christmas. Three games on Saturday with playoff implications. We start in Tampa Bay. 9-5 Texans, 7-7 seven seven Bucks. Texans, a clutch win last week against the Titans. Gave them a lead in the division, a one-game lead. So it's still slight. So they still need to finish the season out strong. And I think they do. I think they beat the Bucks. Bucks are winners of four straight. I understand that. Jameis Winston has thrown for over 4,500 plus yards on the season. I get that. The Bucks are the number one run defense, number three offense, number one passing offense. I understand that. But guess what? Both 1,000 plus yard receivers on the Bucks, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. That's what makes up that number one passing offense. They're both out with hamstring injuries. Jameis Winston does not have enough weapons. And guess what? The Texans, they still have Hopkins and Fuller and the Bucks of the 30th ranked pass defense in the NFL. I think the Texans and mainly Deshaun Watson run rampant on the Bucks. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think this is a big game for Deshaun Watson to prove that the Texans deserve to be in the playoffs. I have the Texans moving to 10 and 5, beating the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Now we head to Foxborough, Bills, Patriots. Now, I was checking the previous matchups between the two just to see if the Bills could win in Foxborough. They did beat the Patriots in 2016 when Brady was suspended because of Deflategate. They won 16-0 in Foxborough. Now, what does that tell you? No Brady, no winning against the Bills in Foxborough. That's what it tells me. Brady is not the same quarterback today, and the Bills are a better team than they were in 2016. I have the Bills taking this one. They're gonna both the Bills and the Patriots are gonna be tied at 11 and four at the top of the division. The Bills have a better running offense. I think they can utilize the run against this Patriots defense, which allows Josh Allen options. John Brown is a consistent receiver over a thousand yards on the season. The Bills have 42 sacks in the season. They're going to get to Brady and Josh Allen. He's just playing better. He threw seven picks in his first five games. Has only thrown two in his last nine. He had a stretch of, I think it was five games without an interception. Josh Allen is playing well. And on the other side, Tom Brady isn't. I don't like how Tom Brady's playing right now. He doesn't look like the same Brady. He's thrown a pick in 50% of their games. That's seven out of the 14. And when these two teams played earlier in the season, Josh Allen had three picks in the in their 16-10 loss to the Patriots. I don't think he throws three picks this time. I think that's the only reason why the Patriots won that one. I think this Bills team is more experienced as they've gone later on in the season. And this team's legit. I mean, not legit enough to win the Super Bowl, but they only lost to the Ravens by seven. This team's going to hold, in my opinion, the top wildcard spot. And guess who they're going to play in the first round? I mean, it's possible, but with the Patriots' record, never mind. I was going to say, could the Bills-Patriots play in the first round, but I forget the Patriots are 11-3. and three. And a lot of people watching this podcast might be wondering, 
If the Bills win, 11-4. Patriots, 11-4. Are the Bills going to win the AFC East? Is that possible? The Bills winning the AFC East? I don't think so. I mean, head-to-head, Buffalo and New England will be 1-1. One one. In division play, they'll both be 5-1. But in common games, which means the games that the teams that New England has played as well as Buffalo has played, New England still has the better record. I don't think the Patriots are losing to the Dolphins in Week 17. I don't, the Patriots don't need to win this game. I don't think they will win this game. They still will win the division, and the Bills will go into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum, in my opinion. Now, last game, another divisional matchup, NFC West, 8-6 Rams, 11-3 Niners. Now, it's shocking to see the Rams not in the playoffs. The Rams eliminated from playoff contention after the loss to the Cowboys last week, 44-21. I had hope in the Rams. I did. And then the Cowboys killed them in Jerry World. So, no more hope in the Rams. And that's another reason why I'm going to pick the Niners. The Rams... They're not good on the road. They're all yes, they're four and three on the road. I understand that. But they've beaten all they've beaten four teams with losing records. And the three teams that they've lost to are teams that are in playoff contention. The Seahawks, Cowboys, and Steelers. I think that trend is going to keep up. The Niners last week, their loss against the Falcons was a fluke. I mean, again, at the last second. We saw it against the Ravens. We saw it against the Seahawks. The Niners are 11-3. and All three of their losses have come at the last second, either by a last-second touchdown or a last-second field goal. They're getting Richard Sherman back. I mean, last week they were without their safety, just Kiski Tart, and without their nickel cornerback, Quan Williams. They need Richard Sherman. I, I I love seeing the resurgence of Richard Sherman. You could see it against Julio Jones. Emmanuel Mosley, their second-year corner, he was not good enough to stop Jones. Looked like his kid out there. Julio Jones had 13 receptions. That's way too much, and I know Richard Sherman. If he's out there competing against the top, a top receiver like Julio Jones, he does not let him get to double digits in the receiving column. I think the return of Richard Sherman, the Niners also need this one if they want to still have a chance to win the division. There's a lot riding on this one for the 49ers. Now for the Rams, it's over. So that's why I think the 49ers have more to lose. They're at home. They're a better team. They win this NFC West divisional matchup against the Rams, and they're going to set up a great game in Week 17 in Century Link Field against Seattle. The both teams, in my opinion, are going to be 12 and 3. Niners are going to beat the Rams tomorrow. Seahawks are going to beat the Cardinals. I'll give my analysis later, or it will actually be in this podcast, but this is a pre recorded segment. I think it's going to be a great week 17 matchup against the Niners and Seahawks to divide, to decide the division. And as you see, those are my, that's all three games. That's all three games we have on tap for Saturday. Texans win, Bills win, Niners win. We're going to send it over to Leo with his predictions and analysis for the Saturday games. Thanks so much, Cam. Uh, these three games definitely interesting. Um, now, one thing before I break it down, I want to say it's going to be really hard for me to wake up for these games, first of all, because I'm not, I'm not even adjusted being back in sunny San Diego, California, to these 10 a.m. games. Uh, now, jumping right into it, the first 10 a, the game at 10 a.m. for us on the West Coast, 1 p.m. for you East Coasters. Houston Texans, 9-5, traveling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-7. Seven seven. Now, if we're talking playoffs, Houston obviously needs this big win in that crowded AFC South of theirs. Uh, they do, thanks to last week, they do hold that, you know, one-game lead over the Tennessee Titans after that win. Um, but 
If they want to lock up that AFC South divisional crown, they're going to have to win this week, especially since Tennessee does have to face the 11-3 New Orleans Saints. Look near unstoppable last week after demolishing uh, both these teams' uh, you know, cohort in the AFC South in the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Now, when we look at the other side, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 7-7 seven and seven on the year. Something a lot of us, especially me, did not think they'd be at. They have the same record as the Dallas Cowboys and Eagles right now. That's 7-7. Seven seven. It's crazy. When you look at their offense, first overall passing, Jameis Winston leading all NFL quarterbacks in passing yards. That's a crazy stat. Unbelievable. When you look at their rushing, 28th. They all night abandon the rush every game, usually because they're in these shootouts, these crazy shootouts, you know, and... uh and they're usually behind as well. Um, now, that puts them at third overall in offense, believe it or not. They're 15th in defense. Not terrible either, mostly due to their amazing rush defense. We have really coming out and uh, playing, you know, on, honestly to a Pro Bowl level at this point. But they're definitely going to have their hands full with the Houston Texans offense. Houston Texans, boy, what a quandering team. We saw them get demolished by Drew Locke, and then they bounced back last week like they did. Now they're coming in here looking to wrap up that AFC South title. They they still have the seventh overall offense. Deshaun Watson is legit. Will Fuller, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Carlos Hyde, responsible for their 11th and 7th overall pass, 11th passing, 7th overall rushing offensive attack, which is not, which is, you know, not unstoppable at some points. Interesting part, 28th in defense. Now, that's a stat that's really shocking. It's going to be a problem for the Houston Texans once they get into the playoffs, if, you know, they get into the playoffs, barring any crazy setbacks. So, basically, the stat line for this game, Texans-Buccaneers, boy, is it going to be a shootout. Uh, Because if there's one thing that helps Jameis Winston, it's a bad defense, especially a bad passing defense like the Texans seem to have. Um, it's It's in Tampa Bay. This is actually a harder game for me to pick. The Buccaneers finally have been rewarding me with me picking them, and now my Houston Texans and my my guy Deshaun Watson coming in there, I'm going to have to roll with the Texans, mainly for the point that I think Jameis can't, Jameis is definitely, we know Jameis is going to turn it over, it's just, it's based off will teams make him pay, I don't see Deshaun Watson not taking advantage of those turn, points off turnovers, it's going to be a shootout, it's going to be high scoring, but I'm definitely going to take the Texans this week. Now, moving on to the 1.30 p.m. game for the West Coasters, 4.30 back east home at Syracuse. Um, it's the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Buffalo 10-4, and clinching a playoff spot last week after Sunday night game against the Steelers. The New England Patriots 11-3. and Now, guys, if... Now, let, let's throw this out. Let's, let's look, we're talking playoff scenarios. We were talking the AFC South earlier. If the Buffalo Bills beat New England this week, win next week, and New England loses next week, do you, do you, uh, I, this is crazy, but I'm going to say this out loud. That means Buffalo Bills are your AFC East divisional champions and will have a home game. Now, barring the Patriots don't have they have a horrible opponent next week and and it's not very likely, but it's definitely a crazy stat to think of that we haven't seen in a very long time. We've always done AFC, the New England Patriots to wrap up the AFC Divisional, AFC East Divisional race so many weeks before, and now they finally have to push to the end of the season after the lackluster performances of the last couple of weeks. And, you know, this, this game's just as much of a toss-up. We saw the Chiefs go in in Foxborough and beat the New England Patriots. And that's the Buffalo Bills who have, you know, a very legit defense, a third overall defense that's honestly been playing out of its mind. Trey White, pro bowler, we already know. And 
the problem always with the Buffalo Bills stems with the offense. 22 ranked overall. Josh Allen definitely has been, you know, he had a resurgence in the middle of the year. He's coming back down on the ground after facing some tougher opponents. And it's it's really, this is crazy to think of with, with the Patriots. But the, the, the storyline of this game is going to be which offense can perform the best here. Both these defenses we know are very legit, but Tom Brady hasn't been looking good at all. He doesn't have a good receiving cast like he has years before. Julian Edelman's hurt. No more Josh Gordon. No more Antonio Brown. He's got, just like Carson Wentz, a lot of a lot of young faces to throw to you. And Josh Allen, we, we know that offense over there is also very young and unexperienced. Josh Allen, as we know, is a is you know a young quarterback still learning. Uh, Devin Singletary is a young ru- running back. Uh, Cole Beasley is probably one of their best receiving options. John Brown. These are just names that don't really jump off the charts. So this game is honestly just as tough. No, it's definitely more tough to pick than the game before because this is a divisional game. You never know with divisional opponents, even in the AFC East. Um, it's a home field advantage. Does that come into play? Who wants the pl- who wants the playoff spot more? Who's going to come in for that? I, now I picked the Patriots to win when the Chiefs came in here, and it, it and it makes me you know gave me a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't want I don't know if I want to pick Tom Brady. And I have picked the Buffalo Bills to beat opponents when they aren't favored, like they aren't today. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I want to see those Buffalo Bills put Tom Brady in a chokehold and make him go play for that AFC East divisional crown. And I think they're going to do that. This is going to be a low scoring defensive game, but I think Josh Allen is filing in a proof to all of our football fans that he can lead a team to a tough win, just like he did last week against, you know, the Steelers offense isn't great, but that was a great defense. This is another great defense. I think Josh Allen gets it done and both these teams sit 11 and four on the year, which is going to be a crazy storyline going into last week, which we'll talk about extensively later on. Now we've got to move on quickly to the final game of the Saturday slate. 515 Saturday night football question mark. I don't really know what to call this exactly. It is a prime time slot, but um, it's once again 515 for our West Coasters, 815 back home in Syracuse. The Los Angeles Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if you would ask me after the Saints game, this would be an easy pick. 49ers without a doubt. Even though the Rams looked good against the Seahawks, the 49ers be taking down the Saints in the in the Superdome is is a feat that you know a few teams are able to speak on or not speak on or even are able to claim but lucy got home to the atlanta falcons that that was shocking none of us no one expected that to happen especially how hard they've been rolling and boy did it and but it does make a little bit of sense with the injuries they had against the saints a lot of people didn't realize losing their center starting center for the year definitely hurt them all these injuries start to build up uh and but when we but we look on the rams side you know, they beat the, up the Seahawks at home. People are talking. We, me and Cam were talking. Oh, they can make a wild card run. This is this is a very interesting thing. We both picked the Rams to beat Dallas in Jerry World, and they just come out completely flat-footed. And Dallas, they make Dallas look like look like the team that they were at the beginning of the year before the Jets game, like a legit playoff team. And it just you know throws us people. You know, people like me and Cam looking at these deep analysis. You know, you can look at so many numbers, but sometimes you gotta go with feel. And I'm at, I'm I'm confused with both these teams right now. Both these teams were playing so well coming into their weeks last week, and both of them f- absolutely flopped. 
Now, like I said before, the, the Bills and the Patriots game, this is also a divisional matchup. Um, for the Niners, this is this is for this is for you know this is they need to get they need to win this game to make sure that they have a good shot at winning the NFC West divisional thing divisional title because you know it's crazy to think that one of these teams will have to go play an away game between the Seattle Seahawks and Niners and I know neither of them want that especially the Niners who have been struck it seems to be struggling on the road uh no sorry they haven't been struggling on the road but I'm sure they don't want to go to like an eastern team like let's say the Eagles maybe get the Last divisional spot. They don't want to go play in Lincoln Financial in January in that winter. A sunny California team. They don't want that. So this game is very important for them. Um, when we look at the stats, you know, they've been crazy all year. They're, the Niners are the sixth overall offense, second overall defense. Um, they've been dominant for so long. They do have some injuries, like I talked about. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been proving he's legit, especially after that Saints game. And we go over the Rams side, you know, it's been a lackluster year. Jared Goff with that, with that tight TD die and T ratio that we've been talking about all year just doesn't seem to get, be getting better. Todd Gurley's regression. All these narratives are still the same for the Los Angeles Rams. And it's just all com, com, combining into this disappointing season. The Super Bowl seems to have taken the wind out of them. They don't look the same. And for that reason, I think their NFC West counterparts in the Niners are going to bounce back from that ugly Falcons loss at home last week. They got a bad taste in their mouths, and they want that division title. They are going to absolutely pummel the Rams. Like, I'm talking pummel. Like, we're talking, like, three touchdown win. And I'm going to say right here on this podcast, three touchdown win for the Niners. They move to 12-3. and Niners let Rams fall to 8-7. and Done playoff talks. No more playoff talks for the Rams after this game. Uh, and that's that's gonna be my picks for the my picks for the Saturday. You already heard Cam's, I'm sure. And I'm just gonna run through those one more time. I've got the Houston Texans going to ten and five after beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the Buffalo Bills going in and upsetting Tom Brady and Gillette Stadium to move to eleven and four. And finally, the San Francisco 49ers blowing out the Rams at home for a staple win to move to twelve and three on the year. Now, you guys have heard a lot of, you know, past me and Cam talking. I'm going to throw it back to present Cam and Leo. Guys, take it away. Well, that was a warm reception from past Leo. Now you have present Leo. Yeah. Well, present Leo. Welcome back. Uh, now that we've had the Saturday games broken down, let's just get right into the, some of these Sunday matchups because some of these honestly are pretty forgetful and there's a lot bigger things we need to talk about, especially when we're talking about this first game we have slated here. New York Giants three and eleven going to the Washington Redskins three and eleven. Both these teams. I mean, Daniel out. Jones is back. That's probably the most exciting part of this game. That's a, that's, that's it. That's about it. That's I mean, it. Who who do you have in this one? We, this matters for our, our records. It does. It, that's why it does matter a bit. I this game. Ugh, I mean, I'm gonna roll with the Giants again because they showed last week that they can beat the bad bad teams and the Dolphins and the Redskins aren't honestly any better than the Dolphins are and Saquon Barkley showed some sparks Daniel Jones, it should be better than Eli in my mind. I, I'll I'm gonna roll with the the New Jersey uh, New York Giants. <laughs> right, because they yeah. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, two bad teams. Game mm. doesn't matter. I'm going to go with the New York Giants as well. I haven't seen anything from the Redskins that shows that they should win this game, even though they're at home. So I'm rolling with the Giants. Now, Saints-Titans. This one matters. Yes, This one really matters. For different reasons to both teams. Right. The Saints hold the three seed in the NFC. Titans, they're currently, you could say at number seven, even though there isn't a seven seed, but they're tied with the Steelers 
for that second wild card spot. Steelers hold the advantage in conference record, mm-hmm. in the AFC conference record. Leo will explain that. Yep. But the Titans, I mean, losing last week to the Texans. Close one. That hit. That 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 stung though. I mean, mm-hmm. I picked the Titans in that one because I saw Ryan Tannehill and I thought against that that struggling Texans defense that the Titans would utilize AJ Brown, they'd utilize Derrick Henry, and unfortunately the Titans just they look static. There wasn't much to them. They didn't look like a team that could take down a pretty good playoff team. Yeah. And I was a li- I was it was a little underwhelming. I was expecting a little more from the Titans coming in winners of I think it was four straight at that point. Mm-hmm. Tannehill playing great football. Uh I mean, you're gonna explain the whole like everything behind why it matters to both teams. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take the Saints in this one. Because the Saints are still fighting for a first-round bye, which I think they deserve. <laughs> yeah. And I, if I was just going to make a hot take right now, I think the Saints have one of the best chances in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. That's with, not that hot. With that, that, I'm just saying yeah, there's yeah. obviously so many 11-3 and three yeah. teams. With that potent offense and with Cameron Jordan on the defensive side, they've been playing well against some pretty good teams. I'm taking the Saints on the road. Because I think the Saints deserve a first-round buy, and I think mm-hmm. they'll get a first-round buy. Now, you make your pick, and you explain this whole debacle right. with both these teams. So I'll make my pick simple because, one, you've laid out all the reasons that I had behind it. And, two, the, the Saints being the third seed has so much complicated things behind it that a lot yeah. of people don't know. I'm going to be rolling with the Saints as well. They looked nigh unstoppable at last week, taking care of a different AFC South opponent in the Colts. Obviously a worse opponent, but... This Saints offense looks crazy. I don't think it's that hot of a take to say the Saints are a Super Bowl favorite NFC, especially because it took a ref, it took a couple zebras to keep them out of the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. It, and True. with that home field advantage, it's, they're nigh unstoppable. Um, so I'm going to take the Saints. Now, a lot of you are probably wondering, how are the New Orleans Saints the third seed in, in the playoff picture right now? Now, a lot of Saints fans are probably wondering, the Saints beats the Seattle Seahawks. How are the Seahawks the first seed and the Saints are the third? It Head-to-head should dictate the Saints are first. That's where it gets complicated. Now, it all revolves around um, conference record. That's where it goes to when you throw out head-to-head. So Seattle, Green Bay, and New Orleans are all 11-3, crazy enough. They're all 11-3. Now, Seattle is the first seed because they are 8-2 in the NFC. The Packers are also 8-2 in the NFC. But it get, when we go even more complicated, Seattle is 4-0 and against opponents that the Packers are 2-2 two and two against. So the common that's opponents. The right. common opponents, yes. So that's why Seattle's ahead of them. And because the Packers have a better conference record than the Saints, who are at 8-3, and three, they have the second seed and eliminate the head-to-head between Seattle and Interesting. Them. It's, it's, it's one of the most complicated playoff scenarios that I've seen in a, in a couple of years. But that is basically a breakdown of why the Saints are without a bye so far, like they're not, they won't have a bye going to the playoffs. And crazily enough, the Saints eleven and three need help to earn a, <laughs> a bye for the playoffs. They need either Seattle or the Packers to just lose one game and they win out. Which is honestly, out of all the teams, uh, all three of these teams' remaining two opponents, the Saints are the most likely, I'd say, to win out. I mean, obviously, because the Seahawks have the Niners, the Packers, Packers have the, the Vikings, right? Two teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs, playoffs yeah. barring some crazy meltdown mm-hmm. by the Vikings. Yeah. And the Saints, they have 
uh, they have Carolina and Tennessee left. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. in that order. It's Tennessee and then Carolina. Mm-hmm. But the Saints do, you're right, have the easier schedule and down if, the road. And if you're looking at numbers, the Saints don't have to play a double-digit win opponent in the, re- the remaining season. Both the Packers and the Seattle both have to play a double-digit, rain, double-digit win opponent. And it's insane because when you're talking about the Packers and the Seahawks, they do hold the division lead, mm-hmm. but they lose one game. And they could drop down to a wild card spot. Yes. I mean, the Vikings are only one game back, and the Niners are tied at the top of the division mm-hmm. with the Seahawks. So it in these next two weeks, this is why week seventeen and sixteen and seventeen are so important. Mm-hmm. You could see a lot of change, and it might not be with the specific teams, but the seeding, like I said, is up for grabs. Exactly. So Steelers Jets is our next game. Mm-hmm. Steelers hold a six seed. You're gonna get into that. Yes. I think we can both agree. I mean, you might pick the Jets in this one. I'm taking the Steelers because I think, obviously, this is a must-win for them because the Titans are going to find a way to squeeze in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just because it's so tight right now, the Titans, their Week 17 opponent, even though they might not be the Saints in Week 16, it might go down to Week 17. I think the Steelers want to take care of business now, Mm -hmm. hope that the Saints win, they get that spot. I'm going to take the Steelers in, uh, or it'll be in... New Jersey, right? Because mm-hmm, yes. I know it's the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets, at the beginning of the season, some people had hope. But, I mean, if you're going to do a season in review for them, it was not utilizing Le'Veon Bell. And Sam Darnold isn't it. Nope. Uh, there's nothing about Sam Darnold. And I didn't think there was anything in college that showed that he was an NFL-ready quarterback. The Jets banked on him. It's gone... It's gone nowhere. Mm -hmm. Steelers should win this game against the Jets. They didn't play bad against the Bills last week. Uh, Steelers should win this game. I have the Steelers moving to nine and six. Yeah, uh, I definitely, I definitely same logic we're going here. Um, It's it's interesting though with the Jets because you know like some we've seen the Jets, you know, beat the Cowboys before like at home like at home they seem to be sort of deadly at home. It's an interesting thing because you know you you saw them beat the Cowboys they. They beat up on the Raiders that one week. They beat the Giants beat, as well. Uh, that was yeah. the week before the Cowboys yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're kind of assemble at home. I mean, you could definitely go. To, you could. I can see it happening because the Steelers' offense is so depleted. It, depleted right now, and that's why I'm definitely gonna roll with the Steelers still. Yeah, <laughs> because of their defense. I mean, uh, you all probably thought I was about to pick the Jets, just like last week. If you listened, I laid out a bunch of Broncos, Devils Advocate things. Yeah. the Chiefs only to pick the Chiefs. We saw how that turned out. The Chiefs ended up blowing them out. Uh, same thing here. Sam Dar- like you said, Sam Darnold isn't it. Uh, Adam Gase doesn't like running backs. He said at the beginning of the year he doesn't like using running backs, but he's paying. But the you know, Jets are paying a running back an extremely stupid amount of money. That was that was foreshadowing to where we are now. Le'Veon not being utilized, having a bad season. So I'm going to roll with the Steelers for all that stuff. Now I want to speak quickly about why the Steelers are the sixth seed. Actually, it comes back once again to this conference play thing. Which a lot of people don't know about because they everyone knows head to head division record overall record, but conference play does pl- come in is important. Now the Steelers are six and four in the AFC right now. The Titans are six and five just because they've played more AFC opponents so far this year. That's the only reason why the Steelers are in that wild card spot right now. Wow. But going ahead though, they do you know they do have to play. They don't have to play as nearly as hard of a schedule as the Titans. You could say because the Titans have to go play. You know they have to go play the Saints this week. And the the Steelers get the Jets, but you go and look at it. The Steelers have the Ravens next yeah. week, and that's an important game that's for the Ravens game. because the Ravens. Remember, I mentioned the seating is all messed up. Yeah, the Ravens could lock up. I mean, this is all dependent on if the Patriots 
uh, end up beating the Bills and winning the division. Mm -hmm. But the Ravens still have a chance. The Patriots still have a chance of getting the number one seed. And if the Ravens somehow falter, like even the good teams and the teams that have already solidified playoff spots, all these games are important to them. Now, something I just realized too is that so we talked about the conference play, right? Right. So let's let's say like the obvious things happen: the Titans fall to eight and seven after losing the Saints. The Steelers move to not to nine and six. Um, after beating the Jets, they become seven and four in the conference, while Titans the Titans stay six. six and five. Now, if the Titans have an easier opponent the next week, well, let's just say the we're rolling with the obvious things. The, the Steelers You're lose to the Ravens. To the Ravens, okay. So they'll be end up at seven and five right. on the year. And then the Titans, if the Titans beat the Texans next week, they also finish. They both will finish seven, at nine and seven. Right. And seven and five in the conference play, it will go all the way down to common opponents, which I don't even know yet. Right now, it took so much research to even get all this stuff to pull up. I don't even know their common opponents where that would decide too. But that's how far down it would go between them for the sixty. That could be a crazy way to finish for that final wild card spot. Yeah. So both, like I said, week sixteen and week seventeen come with surprises. I remember this was. It was, I wouldn't say a couple of years ago, it was a while ago. The Chargers needed, I think it was six things to happen uh, for them in the mm-hmm. final two weeks. And five of the things happened. Chiefs have a field goal to win the game. They hit the crossbar, and or they hit the post, and it goes into overtime. Chargers win that game. Chargers get the sixth seed. And this was the year that they ended up uh, losing to, I think they lost, it was either the Broncos or the Patriots. It was either 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Crazy things can happen. I mean, you crazy. might not believe it, but crazy things can happen. They're out there. It's possible. Right. The Steelers could lose to the Jets. Yeah, that could happen too. But then they all could also beat the Ravens. These final two weeks, get ready. I mean... You got to strap in for this. Exa- it's going to be... I mean, you know, you know we're going to be watching. Uh-huh. It's going to be a great lead-up to the playoffs. Now, one game we've mentioned... We both had the Steelers in this one. Mm-hmm. One game that matters... The least bit is well, probably tank, tank. If we're looking to draft seeding, it does. But it's probably that. the worst game of the season. Two teams mm-hmm. that a lot of people expected to come into this game zero and fourteen. Yeah, but turns out they got some wins along the way. Bengals, Dolphins, one and thirteen against three and eleven. It does not matter at all. I'm gonna say Fitz Magic. Dolphins win this one, move to four and eleven, and the Bengals are gonna get that number one seed like they should. I will pick against you this week purely for one man's one one man's reason, which is going to be Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has been proving these last couple of weeks that he is he is a very good running back that just needs an O line behind him, and against bad rush defenses like I know the Dolphins have, I think he could absolutely feast. I'm trying to get it more than one game ahead of Cam. <laughs> I'm going to roll with the opposite team in the Tank Bowl. I will choose the Bengals and Andy Dalton, Ginger Power. Uh, behind all the way behind. Let's move next week. Panthers at Colts. Both these teams also not in the playoffs. We're we're gonna start getting into a lot of these non playoff games that don't matter too much. Panthers are five and nine. Colts are six and eight. Colts are stumbling after be- becoming the you know the getting schlacked into Drew Brees' uh, record. The holding the record for most touchdown yeah, passes. 540 touchdown, 540 yeah, five hundred forty touchdown passes. The Panthers, uh, uh, Allen is looking, has looked more and more human, uh, feel bad for Christian McCaffrey. His MVP race has been ended because of this horrible team and its record. You can't have an MVP be on a losing team. That's just not how it works. I don't know what, what you're thinking here, Cam. This game is a complete toss-up for me. Um, 
I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with the Colts because they're at home and their defense is still legit. Uh, Darius Leonard is you know still just as legit as he was last year. Uh, I I think they'll tear Allen apart. That's my only logic I've got for you. What do you think? Yeah, you mentioned that Allen is looking more human. Hadn't thrown a pick in his first four games. Went on to throw 15 in his last eight, 10 in his last five. It's I don't know what happened to Allen. Uh, they gave him the reins and he let them go. That's all I have to say. The Colts, Brissett still doesn't have any targets. I think this team is still hurting from that luck retirement. But the Colts are still 6-8. and eight. So I think there's still some hope. Obviously not this season. But I'm not throwing out the Colts' chances in the next couple of years. But they have lost four straight. There's, n- there's, not, there's not much to the Colts right now. The Colts are, are very lackluster. I'm still taking the Colts because they're at home. And they're playing a Panthers team. Mm-hmm. That can barely play football. Now, next game, Ravens-Browns. We had to Cleveland. Cleveland has been terrible. I mean, that four-game losing streak at the end of September, beginning of October didn't help. But just these past couple games, losing to the Cardinals last week. And now they're facing a Ravens team who they beat 40-25 to at the beginning of the season. Crazy enough. It is crazy. But the Ravens, since then, have won 10 straight and I'm going to give you an argument of why Lamar Jackson should win the MVP. And it's not even an argument because he should. I he mean, should. He should. 33 touchdowns. He is the eighth best rusher in the NFL. The top 10, it holds nine running backs and one quarterback. That's insane to me. You My cannot boy. pick against Lamar Jackson. His comparison in the run game is Dalvin Cook, who people have looked at as a top running back uh, in this league, yeah, and rightfully true. so. I just want to remind everyone before I pick the Ravens that Lamar Jackson was number 32 and Baker Mayfield was number one. Ooh, and how's damn. it working out for both of those teams? Oh, my God. You're taking shots at Cleveland. Yeah, right? so you're I think gonna, I you're am. Gonna, you're going to roll with the Ravens. I just, am. Uh, you've highlighted all the great parts of the Ravens season. I'm going to highlight, uh, you know, you, you, you stabbed them with that take. I'm going to sort of twist the knife. Uh, Browns fans... You might have to grapple with the reality that you're not going to have Odell or Jarvis on your team next year because yeah. they both have been telling all these teams to come get them. Teams that aren't even that much better than the Browns. True. Like, Odell was talking to the Cardinals sideline. Like, that's <laughs> crazy to me. Like, that's just showing how bad of a front office you guys have. Or your head coach, Freddie Kitchens. There's just no faith there. And, you know, you all, you are all already know my pick, too. I can't pick against the Ravens. We've been saying this all year, even against good opponents. Stop. We can't pick against Lamar. I'm going to be picking the Ravens just like Cam. Moving to another this game, another one of those non-important... Double five and games. nines. Two five and nine teams. Two teams that I don't think any analysts really pick to be five and nine, especially not the Falcons. The Falcons nowhere close. Well, maybe the, the Jaguars because of their acquisition of Nick Foles. But yes, yeah, both but, teams, unexpected bad Yes. Yeah. So Jags... You know, they're sitting here like we 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 owe no matter what happens, we owe Nick Foles fifty million dollars. So are we gonna like put him out there, and let him play? Or are we gonna go to Gardner Minshew? Who knows? Falcons are sitting over there like, is it time to like? Are we gonna start trying to move away from Matt Ryan? Is he is he not? Is he never gonna come back from that Super Bowl? The fact that we're still talking about it this many years over, right. feel bad for Julio Jones who just signed that crazy contract before like before the year with like all this money. I mean, he's still having a th- thousand yard season. Yeah, that's still good on him. Um, this game, I'm just gonna move. I'm gonna roll with the Falcons because they're at home and that offense has been showing, been getting better and better as we've gotten closer to the end of the year. Even though it doesn't matter, they did just beat the the Niners at home. Yeah, 
Uh, I think the Jags are just completely sputtering. Their defense is in shambles, and that was the staple of their team. The Falcons are going to absolutely tear them apart at home. I'll roll with the Falcons moving to 6-9 and nine on the year. I, I completely agree with you. Falcons are going to win this game. The Jags, I, I think both these teams have to look at next year. The Jags need to find out if Nick Foles is really their quarterback of the future. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy to think because they paid him so much money. There was so much hope. And it, there's an injury. And I just like he's not been playing well. And he hasn't, no offense to the owners and the general manager on that team. They haven't really surrounded him with anything at all no. I mean since even Jalen Ramsey leaving like everything has not gone well for the for the Jaguars and the best thing for the Jaguars was when Gardner Minshew came onto the scene and everyone's like oh wow that's a team yeah <laughs> I mean around Halloween time Jaguars were probably the most popular team because that was the most popular Halloween costume amongst <laughs> people that want to dress as athletes yeah uh, the, the Falcons they need to get off to a better start next season if we're looking a year ahead they started one and seven they can't do that if you're expecting to try to you know fight for a playoff spot you mentioned it poor Julio Jones and Matt Ryan I mean if the Falcons are drafting for next year what they need to focus on is an offensive line yeah. I mean he Matt Ryan has been sacked 43 times this season and nine of those came against the Saints and I know the Saints are have a good uh, pass rush and just a defensive line in general. But that's a team that everyone is expecting to play in the playoffs. And you're getting sacked nine mm. times. Jeez. I'm taking the Falcons, but I'm not. Uh, both these teams need to look t- uh, towards next year and mm-hmm. say, hey, how do, we, how do we turn our franchise around? Now, next one, AFC West. Raiders, Chargers, I just have two questions for both teams. Raiders, can they beat a good team? I mean, they were 6-4 and four at one point. Yeah. Lose a four straight. They just they can't beat a team that's, you know, a plus 500. I mean, it's embarrassing because they have such a great head coach. And he's the one that really brought them to 6-4. and four. I know you had Derek Carr. I get Josh Jacobs. But when you have experience on the sideline, it really helps. Mm-hmm. And... The players have not been able to execute against good teams. And for the Chargers, are they just a paper team? Now, you might not understand that as the audience. That just means they're a great team on paper. That's all they are. Outstanding team. That's all they are. Rivers, 18 interceptions. I think Rivers is gone. I mean, we are, we meaning the Chargers, are projected to get the 10th pick in the draft. And the the insiders say that Justin Herbert from Oregon is dropping there. I really hope so. I love Justin Herbert, hmm. but I feel like Herbert's going to be a Baker Mayfield type where he's going to go in the top six or seven, yeah, and he's not going to drop to 10, which is unfortunate. But I think the Chargers need to go with the quarterback. I'm going to take the Chargers in this one because I'm a diehard Chargers fan. And I cannot pick the Raiders. I mean, if 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 <laughs> I lose enough. if I lose by one game and it's because I didn't pick the Raiders and I have to give that thirty second, uh, like you know, spiel about how much I love the Raiders, even though I hate them, I'm not gonna blame myself for it. I'm gonna take the Chargers in this one at home. Yeah, it looks like we're gonna keep uh, agreeing here because um, I'm gonna go with the paper team here. Uh, the Raiders have been stumbling. Uh, I mean, there there should be no morale in that locker room after getting. The, I mean, if you haven't seen, you gotta go look it up. The send off that the black hole gave them, leaving the stadium, yeah, and losing to the Jaguars last week. Hello, yeah, Las they must, Vegas. They must feel like crap. This is their last game in California, and it is at StubHub, which means that there's gonna be a uh, smaller black hole there. At, if we're being fair enough, there there's gonna be a lot of Raiders fans there as well. Yeah. 
Um, the Chargers, yeah, I mean, I'm going to roll with them just because they, they look so much better on paper. They they have to win this game. They just have to. It's a divisional opponent. You can't – I don't care how bad your season's been going. You can't lose to your biggest rival and just roll over. One question. If the Chargers lose this game, is Anthony Lynn gone or no? Yes. Okay. I think – I mean, I think he should be gone even if they win this game if we're being realistic. I, I wouldn't – but if the Chargers go to drop to 5 and 10, they lose to the Raiders, I would do not – I don't think that's a hot take at all because no. Anthony Lynn has been on the chopping block for the past couple yeah. of weeks, in but, my uh, opinion. Talking about the draft thing, which is very interesting for the Chargers, I would say moving forward, if I were the Chargers GM putting myself in there, I'm sure we'll talk more about draft stuff as after the season's over, but I would not. I would give Phillip Rivers a farewell year if Herbert doesn't get to them. If Herbert gets them, you take him, but don't, for the love of God, don't reach on a different quarterback that you don't know about. And then end up, you know, wasting such a great pick. It's that's just not worth it at all. Because then the next couple of years, when quarterbacks teams up, you're gonna be like, "But we picked him last year at ten. We can't yeah. do that again." Like that's. Just do you hear that, Tom Telesco? Yeah. Please don't. Please listen to Leo Silverman <laughs> on episode six of the Beach Bums <laughs> podcast. Okay, next game again. It's almost like a draft game at this point. Oh, Lions are terrible at the game of football. Mm-hmm. Broncos are five and nine. Who are the Lions is the question for the Lions. I mean, no QB, no consistency. They said they want to keep Matt, Matt uh, Patricia, but that's probably only because of his experience and the fact that he's worked under Bill Belichick. Yep. But the Lions, I see no hope for them. I mean, Matt Stafford can still throw 700 yards in a game uh, while being injured, and the team will still lose. I don't see a defense for the Lions. That's why I'm picking the Broncos in this one. But the questions for the Broncos is the defense has carried that Denver team for such a long time. So many. Since Super Bowl 50. And we're about to head into Super Bowl 54. It's yeah. been defense, defense, defense. Because there's been quarterback after quarterback. <laughs> I don't think Drew Locke is the franchise quarterback. I mean, you could give your take about that. Uh, he's, what, he played three games. He had two good ones. And now he's the franchise quarterback. Stop it. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos in this one. But both these teams should have questions heading into the draft. I'll take Broncos for the same reasons that I've been – it seems I've been using the – I definitely said it about – I don't remember if Tommy had. I already said it about a team. Uh, they're at home and they have a good defense. That's a good combination for winning against bad teams. That should how you win against bad teams. And, you know, we're, I'm going to go back to the draft thing because, you know, it's obvious picking these games. But the Broncos also sit at 5-9. and nine. Uh, The same thing, you know, we're going to – the same – this is the same scenario as the Chargers – I'm I'm blanking on the GM's name. He's the famous quarterback. How am I? Um, Elway. 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 If you're out there, this is what you should do. If you somehow are in a position to get Herbert, draft him. Forget about Locke. But do not reach. I even then I don't know about that because you need to let Locke develop. He's he has he's had the flashes. Right. He's looked better than Osweiler did. Simeon did. All these quarterbacks that you put in front of since Payne Manning. Just let the kid develop. Don't go and do anything stupid. Um, and just try to keep some of this defense together because, boy, I know people like Von Miller are probably getting tired of this. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Broncos. You're getting the Broncos? Yep. Now, Cardinals-Seahawks, divisional matchup. This doesn't matter for the Cardinals. They're out of it. Nope. Seahawks, they're the number one seed in the NFC. Somehow. Chris Carson against the Cardinals. Remember, these two teams are in the same division. They've played before. Mm. Seahawks won 27-10. Chris Carson had over 20 carries, over 100 yards. Russell Wilson played a near-perfect game over 200 yards passing and a touchdown. That defense played well, picked off Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. Was that because of of experience? I mean, Kyler was in his, what, third or fourth game? Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
The Cardinals have looked so up and down. Now, the Rams did kill the Cardinals just a couple weeks ago. I think the Seahawks should replicate that. I have the Seahawks winning this one and setting up Oh, setting up a great matchup in Week 17. I mean, if you listen to my pre-recorded segment, which you should because it was earlier, Mm -hmm. so it was before I'm saying this, (laughs) I have the Niners winning against the Rams. Yep. And if it's Niners, Seahawks, Week 17, to see who wins the division for the NFC West. Yeah, who has to play on the road the entire Right. I I would love to get my popcorn out for that one. So I'm taking the Seahawks. They moved to 12 and 3 and set up an amazing week 17 matchup. Please, 49ers. Please. <laughs> I need you. I want to see a really good game. I have the Seahawks uh, beating uh, the Cardinals at home. Now I'm gonna take I'm a if you've been listening, as you should have, should be, I've been buying the card I've been team Cardinals for a while this yeah, year. Uh, picking them to win a lot of games. It's only worked out for me once, but um, I'm gonna do a little bit of history lesson. The Cardinals are have been the Seahawks kryptonite before. We remember a couple a couple years ago. I I can't. Remember, I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. Bruce Arians last year as the Cardinals head coach. They actually were you know in this very similar position. Didn't this game didn't mean anything? The Seattle Seahawks were you know trying to get to the playoffs or they, they might they may have clinched it, but they were you know fighting for seeding and stuff. The Cardinals actually came in and beat the Seahawks at home off a game winning field goal. For Bruce Arians, like, last game, that was a win. It was a very emotional moment. Um, that's why I'm going to still roll with the Seahawks because this isn't the same team. It's not Bruce Arians. Yes, right. um, anyways, yes, just like Cam said, I also picked the Niners. I would love to see that matchup for that for the crazy thing that, that a 12 and – it would be what, a potentially 12 and 4 team yeah. would have to play on the road the right. entire playoffs. Crazy. That needs to be something we see in Week 17. Nothing. Okay, before I – know, I know the next game on our list mm-hmm. – it's Cowboys Eagles. Oh baby! But I'm because that game is so big because it's division or go home. Basically, yes. We're gonna go over the Sunday night games and Monday night games. If that's okay with okay, you, that's fine. So then we can hop back in. And I first want to apologize. In my pre-recorded segment, I said there are no Monday night games. There mm-hmm. is a Monday night game. There was no Thursday night game. Yes. That's where my confusion was. But we're gonna go to Sunday night football first because this Cowboy Eagles game. Get ready. I know Leo will be ready. I know Leo will be stressing in his Eagles jersey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with the Sunday night game. Chiefs-Bears 10-4 and four against 7-7. Seven and seven. This is the, the Chiefs game, game to lose. They've already won the AFC West. We understand that. Mm-hmm. But they still have a chance to get a first-round bye. It's still possible. It is. That's very true. Now, it, do, it all depends on this Patriots-Bills game that's happening. That's happening on Saturday. But let's be honest, if the Patriots win that one and they beat the Dolphins, the Chiefs are, are going to get either the three or four seed, and they're still going to be in a successful position. But the Chiefs right now are sitting in such a dangerous spot because they do have a chance to go up, but I haven't mentioned their chance to go down. The Texans only mm. sit a game behind them. That's or it would be, uh, yeah, it would be a game behind them, I mean, barring their game against the Buccaneers. Yes. So the Chiefs... They need to win this game in Chicago. I think they win it. Mahomes is having a great season. There's a reason he was selected to the Pro Bowl. 23 TDs, 4 interceptions, pass rating of 106.2. I mean, this guy is getting no MVP consideration because of the great season that Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are having. And he had an injury. People forget about the there's a reason. There's a reason that he doesn't have 30 touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now hopping over to the Bears side, the Bears... They do have a great defense. I understand that. They've held opponents 
under 20 points for 9 out of the 14 games. But I don't, I don't care. They're 7-7, seven and seven, and they've held opponents under 20. for. <laughs> this offense is so bad. Trubisky yes. has thrown 7 picks in the last 5 games. It's not a recipe for success. Chiefs win this game. I think the Chiefs get the 3 seed. That's, that's what I think they play. They'll then play the 6 seed. Um, and playing at Arrowhead in that first round, it's going to be tough for any team. And I cannot wait for the Chiefs to travel either to Foxborough or um, into Baltimore because mm-hmm. those are going to be some great games. I think yep. the Chiefs get the three seed and they move to 11-4 and four after a win in Chicago. Now, this is an interesting scenario for me because if you had asked me two weeks ago about this game, I, I might have picked the Bears here because... The Chiefs had if the Chiefs hadn't gone into Foxborough and showed up the number one overall defense and Patrick Mahomes beating Tom Brady at home like that, you know, I, I hadn't seen that yet. And I hadn't seen the Bears sputter against a bad t- defense in the Packers. Because we the Chiefs defense isn't really that good, like overall. They're not that good of a defense. They haven't ever really been that. That's not their that's not their formula. Their formula is to outshoot you. It's been like that since Andy Reid's got here. Right. But now that the Bears put up minuscule numbers against that horrible Packers defense we highlighted last week. The Chiefs showed me that they could beat the number one defense at their home in the in being the Patriots. There's no reason the Chiefs shouldn't win this game. I I have them winning this game. Now, moving on, final game, the game Cam thought didn't exist. The Monday <laughs> night game, which actually is a really important game it's for a you to really miss. good game. Uh, the 11-3 Packers as we've been highlighting at that second seed Going to Minnesota to play the 10-4 and four Vikings, you alluded to this earlier, the Packers lose this game. The only reason they would still have, they still hold the NFC North crown is because they would be 4-1 and one in the division, while the Vikings would be 3-2. and two. But, you know, then they lose next week somehow. The Vikings are the NFC North champions. Um, Kirk Cousins, as I know you're going to talk about probably later, has been having a crazy season. He is actually not a pro bowler. Um, crazily enough, right. uh, alluding a little foreshadowing. Yeah. He's been having a crazy year. You mentioned earlier Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the NFC right now this season. Um, and like we talked about last week, we've been harping on this all year. This Packers team was supposed to be, oh, we got help for Aaron Rodgers. Look at these defensive backs we drafted for him. But in all reality, their defense isn't any better. And once again, it is Aaron Rodgers versus everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, it, and, it, and it comes down, it's honestly one simple question to me. Do you trust the Vikings defense at home to hold him off for a little bit for this Vikings offense? Or do you think Mr. Bad Man of Stephen Smith comes in here and just blows them out? I'm actually going to roll with the Vikings. Just be, they're, they're at home, and this offense at home has looked crazy good. I know that being an Eagles fan and watching them absolutely come in and torch a pass defense that honestly isn't that much worse than this Packers pass defense. So for that reason, I think it's going to be a high-flying shootout. The Vikings win it, beat Aaron Rodgers, and set up a crazy another crazy Week 17 scenario. Ooh, I am enjoying that pick that you just made because yeah. it, it might bring me one game closer <laughs> to you uh, giving your talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> I have the Packers winning this one. I, I didn't believe in the Packers against the Bears. You did not. I have, to, I have to stop not believing in the Packers. I get it. They're the 21st ranked offense and the 23rd ranked defense. They're still somehow 11-3, and three, even though they have a middle-of-the-pack team, because they have Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, the Packers have no consistency. Devontae Adams one game, Aaron Jones the other game, Alan Lazard. But in a way, that kind of helps. I mean, they've won 8 out of their last 10, and their only two losses was 
to the Chargers, which I think was a fluke loss, even even against my <laughs> Chargers. And they got blown out by the Niners, who I just think overpowered them on the offensive side. So I understand that the Vikings, they have a potent offense. They have a great offense. And they should outshoot that Packers defense. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. I think I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be middle of the pack in the, in the 20s. Uh, but I just think Aaron Rodgers torches the Vikings. All, I mean, I mean, all I'm going to say is, last you you saw what the Vikings did to your Chargers defense yes, last week. I did, and like you and like you said, the 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 Niners' formula for beating the Packers is one that I could easily see the Vikings doing. I completely agree with you. I think the but Packers. I, but I get the Aaron Rodgers. The, thing the Packers have. Week. I don't understand how all of their. You talk about rush defense, pass defense, pass offense, rushing offense. They're all in the twenties, and so they're all in the latter part of the league when you mm-hmm. talk about, you know, 1 through 32. And somehow they're 11 and 3. That's true. And they're, they, they couldn't get a first round bye. Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me with how just up and down this team has been. But I think getting Devontae Adams back is going to help. And, I mean, the Packers did beat the Vikings earlier in the season. It's very true. And I have a feeling it's going to it's gonna happen almost the same way. I mean, yeah. Devontae Adams, I think, is going to have over 100 yards receiving. Watch out for Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Just watch out for Aaron Jones. I mentioned that there's no consistency. I feel like there's going to be consistency for both Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. There was when the Packers beat the Vikings uh, earlier in the season. There will be in this game. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. it's time. <laughs> It's time. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, get whatever snack you have ready because it's Cowboys, Eagles, both at 7-7. Seven and seven. Woohoo! <laughs> I mean, this doesn't – I can't say this decides who makes the playoffs. It technically doesn't. But, but it, it pretty does. much does. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's going to decide. It's in Philadelphia. Oh, this one's tough. This one is really, really tough because the Cowboys somehow – Killed the Rams last week, and the Eagles have not gotten off to fast starts. Nope. This game's going to be really close. Yep. <laughs> this game is going to be really close. I'm getting nervous just talking about it. Right now, now. <laughs> I'm struggling because if you listen to our earlier episodes in this podcast, I said that the Eagles were going to win the division. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and I'm struggling now because the Cowboys played so well last game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The- this is so tough for me because I got an Eagles fan sitting right next to me. Die hard one. Just dying right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Carson Wentz, biggest game of his career. Uh, the, the Cowboys should not win this game. The Eagles should win at home. The Eagles will win at home. Ah, I said it. <laughs> so you're making ah, the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. I have to stick with my gut saying the Eagles are going to win the division. I think either team gets blown out in the playoffs. No offense. <laughs> That's fair. That That's NFC, fair. those wildcard teams are insane. But I'm taking the Eagles. I already know who you're taking, but give, give your little... Give you a little talk about why your Eagles are cue the epic the division. Cue the epic music. Uh, no, uh, actually, I think if you listen to Colin Coward at all, he said this perfectly. There is no reason if we're talking about it on paper, the Cowboys should lose this game. Okay, they are completely healthy. They're a completely healthy team. Zeke, Van Der Esch, Dak, uh, Pollard, Cooper—they're all here. They're all playing for the Cowboys. And on the Eagles' side, Greg Ward. 
no Alshon, no er no Aguilar, no Jordan Howard, no Pro Bowl, All Pro, right tackle Lane Johnson. It's Carson Wentz and the kids. And why you said it's the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career? If he wins this game with these this offense in, at home to basically seal a playoff spot, his first playoff game of his career, barring that they don't collapse to the Giants next week, but mm-hmm. we're not talking. We're, we're focusing more on this game. There's just no reason the Cowgirls should lose this game, but I think they're gonna find a way to do it. Just because that playing in the link is is bad. Carson Wentz, we all saw the throw he made last week. You know that that's if that's honest representation of this playoff scenario. You know that that corner throw to Miles Sanders, that tiniest window he fitted in. Those those defenders are the Cowboys and all the haters. And Miles Sanders is a, is is a home playoff <laughs> spot. And I think Carson Wentz is gonna throw a perfect spiral right there to give him that playoff spot. C- come on, Eagles, prove me right. I'm picking them to take us to the playoffs. And I even if we get blown out by the team, I'm just gonna be happy because it's because it's gonna shut. All the doubters have like, Carson Wentz hasn't played a playoff game yet. Well, there's your playoff game. Let him go prove himself there. So those are our, we mentioned our Saturday picks. We have our Sunday picks. Now we head to my top five. We're nearing toward the end of the season. It's tough to pick a good top five. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we haven't talked about is the Pro Bowl. You got to talk about it. Best players in the league. So after this break, I'm going to give my top five Pro Bowl snubs. It's episode six of the Beach Bums podcast, and it's my turn to give my top five, my third top five. You haven't watched our previous ones. They're all at the end of every single episode. Mm -hmm. So if you know about every single game already, I mean, there's no reason that you shouldn't just go to the end of the episode and just listen to it. They don't, they're not week specific. You know what I mean? So uh, this, the Pro Bowl selections just came out. I'm going to give my top five Pro Bowl snubs, and I'm going to give it based off of not who got selected, with the, I don't want to compare it. I don't want to say, well, someone like Kirk Cousins should make it. And then I, I name the quarterbacks that actually made it and mm-hmm. be like, well, he's not better than them. No, I, I want to give my snubs based off these guys should make it. But guess what? Other players played better than yeah, them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. any other year. I don't, I don't want to make it like a comparison saying, well, Kirk should have made it over Drew Brees because he shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, remember that if a team makes a Super Bowl, those players cannot go to the Pro Bowl. So that's why they have alternatives. And this is why this is important because these could be the alternatives. You never yeah. know. My number one, I, I don't want to do one through five. I don't think even you have to rank it one through five. It's just yeah, the Pro okay. Bowl. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But I think it, it matters in the grand scheme of things. Kirk Cousins, I mentioned it. Minnesota Vikings. People forget. 71% completion rate. 3,400 yards plus on the season, 25 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, above 110 passer rating, 9 games this season with 100 plus passer rating. His yeah, team's 10 cool. and 4. The only reason that he is not in the Pro Bowl is because we mentioned, if you listen to this entire podcast, mm-hmm. the... 11 and 3 teams are the amount of 11 and 3 teams in the NFC. Remember, three huh. NFC quarterbacks make it. The picks were Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. I can't complain. They're all, they're all, they're all, those are the top three seeds. I would, exactly. (laughs) I would, I cannot complain that those are the three quarterbacks. I think Kirk Cousins is going to sneak in there because I feel like one of those quarterbacks is probably going to make the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk, we'll talk about that in later episodes when we reach the playoffs. Now, Josh Jacobs is my next. So, running back in the AFC for the Raiders. 
who has 242 carries for 1,150 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, I get it. He has less than 10 touchdowns. A guy like Nick Chubb has 10 touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you take, the, you, you take the touchdowns, whatever it is, I completely understand that. But the only reason that Josh Jacobs is not on this list is probably his team's record. I mean, it, it's not, weird though. maybe not because Nick Chubb. I, I don't want to say team record. I want to say the impact he has on his team. Yeah. Because he's been having a great season, but there's not much impact. I mean, we haven't looked at Josh Jacobs but like, wow, that 200-yard rushing game, yeah. you know what I mean? So th- there's, there's really, like, not much there. I mean... I, I think it's because... It, it might literally just be because Nick Chubb holds the most rush yards on the Because he has above 1,400. That's possible. He, he, I mean, he has the most of all running backs in the NFL. Right. right he, Nick Chubb over 1,400 yards. Now... I don't want to mention Nick Chubb. I did. That's my fault because Nick Chubb, obviously, he should make it. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh Jacobs has more rushing yards than Mark Ingram, 187 more to be exact. I mean, he pretty much has the same yards per carry. If it wasn't for Mark Ingram being on a team like the Ravens and yeah. making his podium appearances, yeah. I feel like Josh Jacobs would have a better chance. Uh, but Mark Ingram has made a better impact on his team. That's a toss-up. I think Josh Jacobs was snubbed because you've been talking about him and raving about him all season, all season long. Now, Darren Waller, he was on my fantasy team. Some people have no clue who he is. <laughs> I didn't. I picked him off of, uh, of waivers. Most people picked him off of waivers, watched Hard Knocks. Actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tight end for the Raiders. You mentioned Hard Knocks. though. That was the Oakland Raiders. He has exploded this season. 80 passes for 1,001 yards in his second year. Four touchdowns. I mean, he outpaces Mark Andrews in both receptions and yards, but Mark Andrews for the Ravens has eight touchdowns and Waller has only four. Uh-huh. So you look at that that difference. I mean, Mark Andrews has made more of an impact on a better team. Yep. So that could be it. I mean, the Ravens had 12 Pro Bowlers. Are you kidding me? 12 Jesus, Pro Bowlers? That's a little much. Um, now, Darren Waller has made a better impact on his quarterback, Derek Carr. I mean, there's, there's like these, these obscure stats, and mm-hmm. he has made a better impact. Yeah. But I, I mean, Kelsey's obviously in it for the Chiefs. Yeah. So the second tight end, I'm not mad Mark Andrews made it. The eight touchdowns is probably why he made it. Darren Waller was kind of sputtering toward the end of the season. Yep. So Darren Waller is my third snub, even though I don't blame the selections already picked. Chris Carson, he fumbles the ball a lot. Yep. Chris Carson... <laughs> is known for fumbling. I, I think most DBs and defensive linemen actually tackle for the ball, which you, you shouldn't do, but against Chris no. Carson for a guy that has butterfingers all the time. Uh, and if you look beyond his fumbles, I mean, he's fourth in rushing yards. He's top 10 with and uh, of running backs with seven rushing touchdowns. He probably should make it, but his turnovers is what killed him. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really easy way That's to probably him. why he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Chris Carson, hats off to you still. You're on one of the best teams in the NFL, and you've had a great season. Now, last one. I'm going to be a homer. I'm a Chargers fan. Austin <laughs> Eckler. <laughs> now, 119 carries for 500 yards and three touchdowns. It doesn't sound that good. You forget 78 receptions, 892 yards, and eight touchdowns. This is a dual threat. Now, yes. the one reason Austin Eckler is not in the Pro Bowl is because there's designated positions for each of these players mm-hmm. in yeah. the AFC, in the NFC. You have a certain amount of running backs and a certain amount of receivers. Yeah. 
you can't be a dual. I mean, you can be a special teams player, but he's not yeah, really focused yeah. on special teams. So he's not one of the best receivers, and he's not one of the best running backs. He's just so the there's best he's in the middle. So he's a great player, but there's not really any place to put him because of the designated positions. So yeah. I'm gonna read him out. I just want you to give you a a little, you know, a short little talk about what you think about those five, and if yeah. there's another guy you probably think should be on my list. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Chris Carson, and Austin Eckler. I mean, you laid him out pretty well. I mean, just to highlight, it's so crazy to me that Kirk Cousins, like, isn't a pro bowler this year. And, like, like if we talked about his stat line in, like, so many different years, that would be an arguable MVP MVP winner. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Darren Waller uh, is a nice one to highlight. I actually picked him up early in fantasy because I watched Hard Knocks. Um, he's definitely resurgent with these. I mean, he's been competing with, you know, we, you, it's he's only in the AFC. But if you look at, like, Ertz and Kittle, he's been... I think he has more yards than Ertz this year, and like more, t- and like that's just crazy enough. Chris Carson, like you said, um, definitely, definitely, has always been great. But those fumbles, he always finds ways to fumbles in games that like matter a lot. And the Pro Bowl being like a popularity contest that it is like that, that definitely always hurts him. Especially since Rashad Penny also seems to have been doing decently this uh, year. Austin Eckler, I do like that pick, and it's a great reasoning behind the fact that. He's like a great blend of both, and how how do you like put him? How do you put him in there? Um, I, someone, I mean, like if we talk about the only thing I can think to talk about is you know like you went for a home with the Chargers. I'm gonna go with uh, my Eagles. There's no reason that Lane Johnson shouldn't have made <laughs> the Pro Bowl. Right. See, I want to just say I I talked about mainly offensive players. Mm-hmm. Th- there are linemen, there are defensive players. Yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't mention that, but yes, yeah. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, Lane Johnson. Actually, there uh, most of the tackles that made it this year for the Pro Bowl. I don't think I don't think only one of them plays right tackle. The rest of them are all left tackles, which is crazy enough to think about. But yeah, he, I mean, like yeah, sure, he got hurt just now, but he was still a PFF top ten. Offensive lineman of the year, and if we're talking, if we want to talk about the Eagles, only Pro Bowlers the Eagles had make it were Ertz, which is granted. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, we always have O linemen make it because we have some of the best O linemen. Um, that's you know that's basically my Pro Bowl sum summed up. Right. So those were my top five mm-hmm. Pro Bowl snubs. We'll we will come at you with a new top five. Your top five yep. next week will be week seventeen. I mean, that is the week that pretty much determines everything with how close the playoff standings are, and mm-hmm. I cannot wait for that. I mean, but we have to enjoy week 16 first. I mean, first, you have to yeah. stress over week oh, 16 I'm, I'm already, first. I'm already nervous. We're um, less than 24 hours away. Final two weeks of the season, we can't wait. Uh, I think an, an NBA podcast might coming, yeah, be coming I, out I, soon. I, pretty soon. I, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are halfway through the NBA season. Might but, be a good time to jump in. Right. Um, there's a lot of news with that, but we right now we're focused on NFL. There's so much in the NFL to mm-hmm. to uh, to dive dive deeper in. We've we've talked about the uh, like the winners of divisions and mm-hmm. how that's up for grabs, even in the AFC East, yeah. which is crazy to say. I haven't said that in years. Exactly. Uh, there's some teams that we didn't expect to be as bad as they are. This NFL season has been has been crazy, and yep. I cannot wait to see how it finishes because. I have a feeling that it's going to be a textbook finish, and we're gonna we're gonna see some surprises because we've seen surprises all year long. Yeah. So this has been episode six of the Beach Bums podcast on week sixteen. We'll be right back at you with week seventeen mm-hmm. next week, uh, giving you all the in depth analysis, all our predictions. Make sure to keep 
keep tabs on the record check, mm-hmm, see yeah. if Leo can hold that one game. I, cu- I couldn't hold a four-game lead, so <laughs> could Leo hold a one-game lead? We don't know. But uh, thank you for watching. If you haven't – or thank you for listening. If you haven't listened to our previous podcast, go check them out all on Spotify. And for Cameron, he's there. And Leo Silverman. This has been Episode 6 of the Beach Bums Podcast.